Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on Your Way to Work. And now, your host, Ricardo Witte. Hi, everybody. This is Rick Witted, and you're listening to On Your Way to Work, one of the few shows that talks exclusively about the path from your current job to your future promotion. So if you were listening last week, had an interview with Eva Marie Everson, a best-selling author out there. She's published over 30-plus books. She can't even remember how to count the number of awards she's received uh, and it's been very helpful in my writing career so again shameless plug 2016 from uh, Ravel Publishing outgrowing your space talk about a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about on the show and the whole point here is for you to hear the conversations at tables about your career that you normally don't get to sit at Right. And, and I'll say it and I say it all the time. Most of the decisions about your career are made at tables you never get to be a part of. So, Eva, good to have you back. I'm just thinking about uh, we share uh, an editor, yes. Vicki Crumpton, with Ravel. And uh, I wanted to work with her for a long time. Uh-huh. Finally, my agent arranged for me to meet with her at Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference. I could not get an appointment with her. So, he arranged that I would sit down with her at dinner. Um, it was, I had gotten sick. Uh, my daughter had just gotten married. So there was a lot of that stress, you know, physical stress and involved not getting enough sleep. And then I flew all the way across the country to go to Mount Hermon, uh, uh, California, South California. And, uh, and, and then it was raining and I just got sicker and sicker as the week went on. And I sat down to talk to her and my voice completely left me. <laughs> I wrote her a note and I said, wouldn't you know, I've waited this long to talk to you. And all I can do is write you a note and say, thank you for sitting next to me. Uh, years later, I, I would, she rolled into a position where she took over the, from the, the editor's position with a, uh, an editor I had been working with who had taken another position somewhere else. So now I'm finally getting to work with Vicki Crumpton. And uh, we did, I think, 11 books together. Uh, and so I, we had a conference and uh, that I was, as you know, I'm the director of Florida Christian Writers Conference. And I got a call from her one day or maybe an email. And she said, you probably are not going to be able to help me. But I sat down at the table with this man. He's in business. I believe he's a word weaver from Orlando. And I shot back, rick-witted. And she said, I, I cannot get his idea out of my mind. And, you know, you sat down at a table and you pitched it. That's right. You know, so you're mentioning right. tables. And I'm thinking about how I finally got to sit down at this table with Vicki, but it wasn't the right time. That's right. That's and then right. later on it was. And when you sat down with her, you walked away and probably thought, well, that's it. But she just kept thinking about what you said and thinking about what you said. And she tracked you down the only way she knew how. That's right. So. That's right. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's so interesting when you use the concept of tables. One of the things I always say to my employees is you got to do things to invite yourself to the table. Mm-hmm. Right. And so a lot of times 
even if the timing is not right, the commercial is still made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the big things that I see in the world of careers, in the world of the workplace, is we often take for granted exactly how every interaction is a commercial. And it's really true. The first one, that's just a tough one. It's like having a bad jingle. Yes. You can't get that thing out of your head. Fair or unfairly, you make assumptions about someone based on that first jingle. And I would just say to anybody in the workplace, it's really important that you sit down with whoever you're going to sit with. Be very thoughtful on what you say. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you do more listening than speaking, you'll get every verbal cue you need to hit it right. That's just my thought on it. Well, that. and also, you know, be careful of, of misconceptions about other people that you think, oh, you know, I bet I know what that person's like. And, you know, uh, my crit partner, um, she was, <laughs> she said, I'm going to tell you something. We were talking, we were doing some critique. We, we meet once or twice a week. Uh, she said, when I first met you, I didn't like you. <laughs> what? Why? And she said, I thought that you were so, you know, like much better, like you were up there. And I had this misconception that you weren't real. And then as I started to get to know you, I realized you're just real. You're just a real person. You know, I said, well, here's the funny thing. I had a concern about something and I knew that Sandy, the Sandy Bricker, Sandra Bricker, she's a best-selling author, uh, I knew that she could answer my concern, and I had shot her an email. And so she said, call me on this. And so I called her, and I said to her, when I was dialing your number, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I've got Sandy Bricker's cell phone number. <laughs> and she, what? Yeah. So we each had this misconception of the other person. And yet, once we sat down to speak and talk and be real with each other, we found out we had tons in common. You and know, it's become a great relationship. When you were saying that, the only thing I was thinking of, how many people listening to this show didn't approach that manager? Right. How many people were really interested in that position, but they didn't approach that person? How many people really have a great story that they want to tell, but uh, I can't go to that writing conference? Yeah, it has to do with insecurities and um, people think I'm an extrovert. I'm actually an introvert. Yep, yep. Um, But when I have to put on the show, I put on the show. When I have to sell what I need to sell, I sell it. Right. Um, In fact, when I sold my first book, my first book idea, that first contract, I sat down with an editor and had my little rehearsed pitch and boom, I mean, my eyes were bright. I was, I had my body going, you know, and, uh, but that's not who I really am. So sometimes people see you and they think you're unapproachable and sometimes that may just be their protective shell, right? That's you know, right. to protect themselves. And you just, you misperceive that as being higher up or unapproachable and that kind of thing. The answer is always no until you ask. Yeah, that's right. So how do we help some of the listeners deal with that? Let's just say they're in the workplace. Mm-hmm. How do we help them deal with that? You know, the scariest thing for new writers is that approach to the editors and agents. And editors and agents will say over and over and over, hey, I put my 
pants on the same way you do. I eat the same way you do. I brush my teeth the same way you do. You know, I have a home life just like you do. Nothing that special about me. I mean, I, you know, and honestly, when I have... <laughs> When I have people, like, I, I teach a Bible study. I lead a Bible study. And we had a new person that came. And uh, I walked in, and I thought, I don't know this person. So I said, hi, I'm Eva Marie Everson. And she told me her name. And I sat down where I always sit. And she just zoomed right over to me. And she goes, and you're, like, famous, right? I mean, you're, like, like this big <laughs> other. And I, and I just, I was, like, backing up. And I'm, like, no, I'm just a Bible study leader. You right, know, right. because, I mean, for me, it's, like... God has blessed me with this, but I don't see myself any differently than yeah. I did 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, um, and I'm all about, I'm loving this so much. I want to help everybody else get to do this too, which basically means I train my competition, yep. you know, yep. but that's okay because I just love what I do so much. Um, so don't be afraid to approach, understand that sometimes what you perceive as aloofness or, you know, thinks is so much better than he is, that kind of thing. It's actually a protective shell yeah. because they don't, they're, maybe they're, they're not even sure of what they're doing half the time. You yeah. know, it's like, I don't even know how I got here. And I think that sometimes myself, you know, what if one day they all wake up and realize, I don't know what I'm doing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it, well, and, and, I, and I think it just, man, it just applies so much to every, I, I can't think of a career or a setting in the workplace where that doesn't apply. Absolutely. If, you know, my, 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 my relationship now with Ravel and Vicki, um, now that started by just, you know, this, the event you have, Florida Christian Writers mm -hmm. Conference that you do every year. Just going, she was sitting at the table, she was by herself, and I headed to that table. Isn't that crazy, though? And that Vicki Crumpton was by herself. Yeah, and there you I have know. It. Yeah. I, she wasn't yeah. going to be for long, and I no. think she probably like, who's this guy keeps coming around? <laughs> but so I just, what, and ask questions. I just ask questions. You know, but, you know, I think of my, my career in corporate America, 22 years now, and my career's been the same way there. Mm -hmm. You know, I've asked questions, and... You know, some of the best mentor relationships that I have today, you know, that um, and those people are cheerleaders and or defenders for me mm -hmm. um, in the workplace. I got those because I just approached them. Right. You know, I'm, right. I'm most people won't believe this. Here I am yapping on a show, but I'm very much an introvert. I, I'm not yeah. the guy yeah. to get on an elevator. Right. And just start talking. To everybody. No, me either. It's yeah. like that's just kind of weird right. to me. And I. I'd love to do it if I thought I could, but I just, I don't know. I just, I want to get on the elevator and get off the elevator. Right. I want to go. Yeah. Put me on the microphone and I like to talk, but I am much of an introvert. However, you know, when it's about business or when it's about my career, I, I've learned that thing won't happen unless you get out and push the cart. Absolutely. Uh, and so you have to engage people and you have the worst thing you could do is know that you want to go down this path and, and there's the guy or the gal with the map yeah, and you won't go talk and to you them. Won't, yeah, like most men, they won't ask, they for, won't directions. ask for directions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's why Moses wandered for 40 years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, and that's also why so many people wander in the workplace Absolutely. and they never advance yeah. Yeah. and they never They're move forward. They're just too afraid to say, I have an idea. I, that day when I walked into ICRS in 1999, July of 1999, I think it was the 8th, to be honest with you, uh, my daughter's birthday, um, I was terrified 
to approach these publishing house displays and say, may I have an appointment with your acquisitions editor? And then actually sit down and have that appointment. But what I discovered, and I did 12 of them, did 12. What I discovered was that every one of them were so kind. And, you know, they were, they actually fed off of my enthusiasm because, and it was all fake, Rick. I was terrified. Yeah. But I didn't want them to know how scared I was. And I remember one guy from Nav Press, he said, where have you been? I said, well, I've been right here. And I'm thinking, I don't know where I've been. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it was, I was so willing to do whatever they told me to do, whatever they asked of me and trust them that if they saw something in me, that was, um, it was that little seed that they could plant in the ground. It was plantable. It was fruitful. It was, you know, they wanted to water it and watch it grow. If they saw that, they were not going to pour that into me if they didn't believe in it. That's right. That's right. Well, and the essence of what you're talking about is building human relationships. Mm -hmm. And I say this all the time and, you know, the workplace, we don't shut off being humans when we get into the workplace or when we, when we get into this career mode, we are humans. And so we, the same nuances that we would have in a social, personal relationship, they totally apply in the world of work. And so a lot of the mentorships that you would need or the chance being taken on you by someone who can give you that chance that happens when you begin to build a relationship Absolutely. with them. And, and, and you have to trust them. You've yeah. got to trust your yeah. handlers. You do. Yeah. You've got to. You've yep. got to believe that this person wants it as badly for you as you want it. Yeah. Uh, and then just work hard. Yep. You know, work hard. Don't be afraid to say, I've got an idea. And, you know, I get this a lot. Aren't you afraid to share your book ideas for fear that someone's going to take, you know, take it? Well, first of all, I happen to know that most writers have got so many ideas of their own <laughs> that they, they're not interested in mine. But secondly, I have so many ideas that, you know, if, if somebody does take one of mine, I'll just pull out another one. You know, um, th- th- I think the one book that I was uh, the book idea that I was the quietest on is the one that will release next year from Tyndale. Um, wow. I, it, because it was a story. It was based on a true story. And when I heard it, I thought. I'm not sharing this with anybody, only with certain acquisitions editors, of course, my agent. Uh, and uh, I found out, because like I said, it's based on a true story, that I was not the first author, the first writer to approach the woman whose story this is about, uh, but I was the first one that she said yes to. Wow. So I was very protective over this story. Um, but also, I think, because it's like this building of um, interest, yeah. You know, like, I wonder what this is. It's like, you know, what's behind the curtain? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, you went after it. Oh, absolutely. Right? I went, I, I, I was, uh, it took me two years to get the story. It took me two years. And guys, listen, even in the workplace, you, you maybe you're not the writer and you're going, oh, is this not the episode for me? Let me change. Well, before you do, I just, just pause and know this, that if you're sitting at your desk and across from you down the hall is your boss's office or maybe not your boss, maybe it's even your boss's boss, it, it, w- it would be a mistake to assume that you can't approach them. Absolutely. It would be a mistake to not ask them for a moment of their time and just introduce yourself and share your ideas if you have an idea. Listen, even if you don't have an idea, 
just thank them or say something, make a connection. Absolutely. To them. You know, the, the, the story here of the, the, it's called five brides, the book is going to be brides. called five brides. And, uh, the story here is that once I had the story secured, I knew I was going to be able to get the story. Uh, Brahman and Holman bought it and then Brahman and Holman shut down their fiction line. So I got the contract back. You know, so it's like now I've still got the story, but I don't have a publisher. In 2003, I built a friendship with a woman named Jan Staub, who is an acquisitions editor, senior acquisitions editor for Tyndale, which is a big house, very big house. Uh, I have wanted to work with Jan for years and years and years. But my most important relationship with Jan is that we had become friends. And so I never really pitched to her. I just wanted to be her friend and her to be my friend. And we just built this relationship over breakfast and coffee, that kind of thing. So last year at ICRS, we had breakfast and she said, hey, what's new with you? And I said, well, I got caught in that B&H, you know, fallout and have this great novel idea. And now I have, you know, no publisher. Oh, tell me what it's about. And I told her the story and she said, I want that book. So now, she, and they're publishing it, they offered a contract, and I signed on the dotted line, just turned the book in about a week or two ago. And uh, the thing is, though, is I look back at it, and I think I was willing to build a friendship with Jan, not based on who she was at Tyndale, but that I liked her. I genuinely liked her. And I guess she felt the same way about me. You know, so like I said, it was always built over... Um, caramel macchiatos yep. and breakfast, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think you're just spot on with a big, big nugget of truth for, for all of us and for the listeners here. If, if you're going to, I mean, if you're really going to grow, you need other people around you. Absolutely. Even in our personal life. I mean, we, we would all just in some way just shrivel up and, and regress Mm -hmm. I think in life, if we did not have connections Absolutely. to individuals. And Would you know you that, that boss's boss you were talking about, when you have that opportunity to talk to that person, find out what they need. I mean, right. it may be just some little something. You know what? I could really use a cup of coffee. I would right. be happy to get that for yeah. you. Build a relationship first. Yeah. Yeah. When you build the relationship, the rest will come. The business will come. But make the relationship the most important thing. And your service into the relationship is even more important. So Eva, what about the person that would say, yeah, but Eva, you know, I'm not playing those politics. That's politics. I'm, I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about brown nosing. I'm not talking about um, I'm going to get you a cup of coffee because I want to get something from you one day. I'm talking about getting someone a cup of coffee because they need a cup of coffee. Because you're wanting to give of yourself. I do pour tons of time into other writers, but I am always blessed back way more than I can ever give. I'm telling you, and it's not because I'm wanting to get something from someone. Again, I didn't sit down with Jan with coffee and breakfast because I wanted to publish at Tyndale. I did want to publish at Tyndale. I'm not going to lie about that, but the relationship with Jan was more important than the publishing. Otherwise, I would have been pitching to her somewhere between 2003 and 2013. Right, right. And I didn't do that. That's right. That was 10 years of just building a relationship. Yep, yep. And that's all a workplace setting is. That's all a career is. It's this connected path of relationships 
an amalgam of places and faces. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's no different than our regular lives. Absolutely. Right? So I, I'm enjoying this quite a bit. So let me just ask you a question. What's what's the uh, what's the future for you, Eva? Well, we're going to have dinner at 530. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that, by the way. Um, you know, I, I honestly, I don't know. I am in a place right now. Uh, I'm working on a novel. This is my first, well, it's, a, it's not a novel. I Let me, I digress. I take that back. I am writing the memoir, uh, the true story of Leanne Jeffries. It's called The Bipolar Experience. She was a top model for Eileen Ford for 20 years, um, and hid her bipolar disorder during that entire um, 20-year span. Uh, But now she is the voice. You will see her all over Facebook, you know, and and other social media blogs, et cetera. Leanne Jeffries, The Bipolar Experience, um, to debunk the stigma. A lot of people now are finally coming forward and saying, I deal with bipolar disorder or I have a loved one with bipolar disorder. So I'm working on that. It's an interesting place, though, because after that, I, I don't have any contracts. I'm not contracted out, as we say in the publishing world. But there's a stirring around me, and I know that God is about to open a new door. So I'm just kind of holding back, laying back, doing what I'm supposed to do, and waiting for that door to creak open. Um, he's, he's so good to me. He doesn't open a door until I'm ready to go through it because he knows that I'm, I have just enough ADD to go, Ooh, squirrel, you know? Uh, and so I'd be running for that door when it's not time. That's right. And, uh, so, but I, I can feel, I hear the hammer. I hear the door being built. I, I, I can hear the squeak of the hinges. So I know that there's something that's going to be in publishing. Yeah. I think it's going to have something to do with word weavers. I'm just not sure. Gotcha. But uh, there's, and I'm definitely going to keep writing. I mean, that's just a given. I write to breathe, you know. Well, you know, it's interesting. And you say it so, so easily, but it's because you're in the throes of it. Doors don't swing and hammers don't, they don't slam down if you're sitting there doing nothing. No, they don't. And, you know, the other thing is I'm, like I said, I'm now the acquisitions editor for Firefly Southern Fiction, which is an imprint of Lighthouse Publishing of the Carolinas. And um, that is exploding. Uh, It's been a lot of fun to be on this side of the table, although kind of heartbreaking when I have to say no, you know, you're, you know, it does not fit our editorial needs at this time, which I used to get those letters and now I'm having to give those letters. But the, the truth of the matter is if it's just not ready, it's just not ready. And, uh, so that's been really exciting for me to see, to be that part of the career of another person exploding and opening up for the first time blossoming yeah it's it's so cool because it doesn't sound like a writing career is any different from any other career Mm -mm, it's got to do the same work absolutely you got to work yeah it's just different components that's all yeah different tools but it's the same effort Mm -hmm. same types of behaviors Mm -hmm. and characteristics to win yeah are required in any And it really is all about who you know. It is. <laughs> it really, it is. You know, that's why the the conferences are so important because you want to you want to meet people. Yeah. You want it, to network. And again, it's not about brown nosing, for lack of a better word, and that may not be a nice thing to say. But well, it's human relationships. It's human relationships. Yep. It's like you sit down at dinner with someone and you just think you're gonna sit down with this person, you don't know who they are, but it's a God ordained meeting. You are about to meet the person who is going to change your That's life. Right. That's and right. you just don't know it yet. And things loop around. Mm-hmm. The person you know today 
might in the next 10 years be your boss's boss's boss. You just right. don't know. I always say you, you, be, you be careful what you say and what you do in this industry, in any industry, because, you know, you don't know who this person knows and you don't know how long they're going to stay in that position before they go to another position and, and things like that. That's so you right. do have to be, you know, you want to be mindful of that. I mean, you should be, you should have a good heart anyway, but uh, be very careful about who you're talking about because you don't know who's around you. You know, uh, if you're upset with someone, go home and tell it to your spouse. You and know? leave it there. <laughs> and leave That's it there. right. Yeah. That's right. Everybody yeah. says, hey, I'm going to tell you this, but don't tell anybody. Right. Yeah. This is yeah, between well, you and you. me now. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. So be careful of those things because even like at, at conferences like we're at right now, walls are thin. That's right. You know, and you just don't, you don't know. You just don't know. Uh-uh. Well, hey, I've been talking with Eva Marie Everson, a very, very famous, as I learned from one of her Bible study people now. <laughs> that was uh, so funny. Uh, a very successful, <laughs> award-winning, multi-published uh, author for many, many years now. And uh, also a great influence in my writing, my writing career, my writing life. So, so I, it's been, for you. It's been great to have you on. Really has, and I, you know, I think the listeners have, have learned quite a bit. I so, hope so, guys, listen. Let me know what you thought. So, this second show, uh, Eva and I, just you can tell when I've got a pretty decent relationship with somebody. We were all over the place, but there was a very clear theme: uh, relationship, right? And at the at, at the base of any career. It's the hand um, of the person that's helping, holding, or holding you back. The type of relationship you have with that person is really going to be the driver in that career. So you've been listening to On Your Way to Work. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. Let me know. If you liked it, send me a quick note. Go to www.rawitted.com. Let me know your thoughts. If you like it, I'd love to hear that. If you hate it, I'd love to hear that too. (laughs) If there's something different that you want to talk about that I haven't, uh, I'm always looking for great ideas. And if you got a really good career question, shoot me a note. You might be the next person I make a house call to and we get it on the air. Uh, Thanks to my producer, engineer, left-hand Christian Witted. Love that boy. Uh, And to my operations, all things E-World, Sharvin Witted. Um, He's a great, great asset to the show as well. Until next week, we'll talk to you soon. Be blessed. Bye-bye.